The Lord only knows as we gather from time to time, and each time that this is presented in our presence, I feel and I'm assured that there's always a need. Whether it's for the preacher or for it's for the listener. And I'm thankful that <clears throat> I have a quote in here somewhere or another, I forget which book it's in. The word of God won't leave you as you came. It'll it'll do something for you. And I, I appreciate that and appreciate Josh and inviting us to come and the opportunity once again to share with you and realizing again the seriousness each time that we do go into this and look into it and desire the things of God more than the things of this present world, this system, so to speak. And so, again, without him, we can do nothing. But uh, we appreciate, again, the opportunity to come. And I don't know exactly the scripture that I'm going to read to open with, and then where we go elsewhere, and the Lord directed in, in that way. But if you'll turn with me to the book of John, chapter 4, and we'll begin there, then we'll be going to the book of Joshua, chapter number 6 and chapter number 7. John chapter 4, we'd like to read a couple of verses here just as a foundation to begin with, and then we'll be coming back, in a sense, to this and what it says. But in John chapter 4, verse 23 and verse 24, he said, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now notice the last part of that verse. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Then verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him, and that word must, worship him in spirit and in truth. Our Father in heaven, we give thanks to thee for the blessing of the day, this Lord's day, in remembrance of what Christ did when he came forth triumphant, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And we this evening, Lord, that as believers in Christ, we have the victory in Jesus. We thank you for that blessing today. And then, Lord, as we continue this evening, we ask now your blessing, your guidance, and, Lord, again, that would be bringing honor and glory unto thee and unto self. And always thy will be done. And Father, we will praise you and thank you now, for we ask in Jesus, our Savior's name, amen and amen. If you will now turn back to the book of Joshua, chapter number, number 6, we read a verse or two there, and then we'll be going into chapter number 7. Joshua chapter 6 and begin in verse number 18. Joshua 6 verse 18. 
And he said, and ye and any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Now here, just jumping into this chapter, speaking about the conquering of Jericho. But here God has given them specific warning in regards for what not to do. I'd like to share with you this evening for just a little while as the Lord would help us in regards to the seriousness of a serious God. The seriousness of a serious God. I feel today, I'm not pastoring now, Josh calls me pastor, but nonetheless have been for many years, but I feel today that to an extent the church is coming to a point in a lot of places of not taking serious the serious God. I'm sure this evening that you probably have heard someone say, or maybe even said to you, are you serious? I mean, just like that, you know, they, 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 they confront you. Or you've, you've said something or another to them, and then they would say, are you serious? I feel we all, as just ordinary people, we understand what that statement means. Are you serious? And then to think about the seriousness of a serious God. Now here, God has given them specific instructions in regards what not to do. And we all have a book in regards in what not to do. I mean, it's full. Just about anywhere you go, if it's not direct and specific, you can make an application in regards to what it's saying. And so God has fully warned them and told them not to take of the accursed thing. Follow me this evening. Chapter 7, verse 1 of Joshua. The first word, but, notice, but the children of Israel committed a trespass in the what? The accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against whom? The children of Israel. God told them, all of them, don't take of that accursed thing. Then we come to chapter 7, and the first part, but the children of what? Israel says committed a trespass. But there was only what? One man. 
His name was Achan. But God had warned him, be thinking about this evening in regards to just one individual. Now, we can go back, if you have time sometime, and go back into the book of Exodus and read about there in the Holy of Holies that only one was allowed to go in. That was once a year. And God was very serious into the one that would go into that place had very specific instructions. And oh, when you began to read about it and how, what all they had to go through, and they had to wash themselves before they would go in. Then they would take the anointing oil, and you read about in the Psalms 133 verse 2, about the anointing oil that was poured on the, ha on the head of Aaron. God was serious about that time. Now, we're talking now about under law and not under grace yet, all right? We've not got there yet. But here, one person took of the accursed thing, and it did what? It affected all of Israel. Just one man. And what he did. And God had warned all of them. And so they go out to fight again. Well, I'll just paraphrase whatever. They go out to fight again. And what they do, man, they begin to lose. And Joshua begins to come before God and say, Lord, what's wrong? Down in verse number 10, And the Lord said unto Joshua, in chapter 7, verse 10, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Notice now the next three words. Israel has sinned. And they, there again plural, have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. My commandment, which the covenant, my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Father on down, whether I get to it or not, how that they came about recognizing who the one was. And I've got it in the margin of my Bible, God's lie detector. It's amazing how they came about and found that man. And it, by, by tribes, by families, right on down to the individual. And I pause right there for a moment and ask ourselves this evening, does God still have a lie detector? I promise you that he does. And his name is Holy Spirit. That is God's lie detector. I'll assure you, even as you sit there and I stand here, 
God knows this evening even the intent of my heart. And if being saved, the Holy Spirit will put his finger upon sin when it's committed in our lives. And he's the one that can determine right quick whether you're lying or not. And he knows. But coming back here under law, coming down to the point that Achan is the one that is singled out and he begins to confess down in verse number, we'll just pick up in verse number 19, and Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. He what? God's lie detector searched him out, brought him to the forefront. He confessed, and he gave all of what he had done. Now, you probably already knew the story, everything about it, but just to lay the groundwork this evening for what I want to share with us, under law, under grace. Now, I'm afraid today that in a lot of places, just because man is under grace, he feels like he can just relax, take it easy, not worry about it. But we'll get there in a few moments, all right? So, Achan has confessed, I'm the one. And then here comes the results of his sin that did what? That affected all of Israel. Just one man. You may be here this evening. Josh is the pastor. You may be a deacon. You may be a Sunday school teacher. You may be a leader, whatever it might be in the church. Or then you may be here and just a member. Have no part whatsoever. You may not even sing in the choir. You may do none of these things. But if you're saved and a member, I encourage you this evening including all the others that I mentioned, to take serious the things of God. Because He is 
a serious God. I'll share this with you. I don't think I have. I've been here a couple of times. But I had a dear preacher friend. Josh knows him, Brother Earl, Earl Blankenship. And he was a man, if he were to, back when he was living, if he had, a, if he had come to me and said, you're going to die, I'd have started making preparations. That's how much confidence that I placed in him. He gave an account of a church he was at one time. He had gone there. And there had been trouble in that church. And there was a certain man, I don't remember if he was a deacon or who or whatever, but he said, I was preaching one day, and he had heard about the problem, whatever, between the man and the former pastor, whatever. He said, I was preaching and God stopped me. And he said, you tell that man right over there, if he doesn't make things right and get right, we'll bury him in a week. And that was it. The man didn't do it. He told him. He said, you... Go and make things right, do right, whatever. He didn't. And a week later, they buried that man. I say that to say this. I'm not, I'm not that far along yet. Thank God for some wisdom. Some things that God reveals to you. But that's how close that he was. That, that's how serious that, that man was. I mean, there, and Josh, he didn't know him as well as I did, but there was no foolishness about him. I mean, he was a plain, straight man, word of God. He was serious. But here Achan, coming back to we today in the church, now, I read in John chapter 4, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him. How? In spirit and in truth. That's only the way he is. There's no other way. But the seriousness of each individual and the part that you play in the local church, just as Achan the position that he had, and there just because of a goodly Babylonian garment, some silver and some gold. And folks, there's not a one of us this evening in this congregation. We're, we're capable of doing anything. You say, preacher, wait a minute. You're a preacher. I say, hey, again, I'm flesh also. You're looking at an imperfect human being. You say, what are you up there preaching for? I'm talking about the flesh. 
The only thing perfect in me is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Abiding within me, that's all there is. Other than that, the flesh is capable. You've heard of them, many of them, down through the years and time. Maybe even stood in pulpits. Next thing you know, they're gone. Why? The temptation of the old flesh, the old man, gets too strong. They can't stand it. And the devil leads them astray. Are they still saved? Yes, they're still saved. They just didn't take the seriousness of a serious God. Achan had to suffer the consequences. You say, what were they? If you don't know, skip on down in chapter 7 about verse number 24. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold, and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had, and they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. Do I believe that? Sure I believe that. That's God's word. I mean, one man, one man. That's all it was, just one man. He, he really didn't take that much stuff. But God has said before, don't take of the accursed thing. Leave it alone. But the temptation was too great. There again, he was what? He was human. He couldn't overcome it. Go back to Eve. She saw. God said, don't eat of that. Okay? She saw it. Had she sinned yet? No. Then she took of it. She had it in her hand. Has she sinned yet? No. Achan could have, before he ever took it, he could have thrown it back and went on and caused a lot of less trouble. Saved his family and everything he had, but he didn't. But then Eve did what? She saw it, she took of it, she ate of it, gave it to her husband. And we're in that realm today because of that. She was in the transgression. Uh, Adam wasn't. But because of the sin of one man, sin hath entered in. Now here we are, November 2023. All down through the years and the ages. And we come tonight to Mountain View Baptist Church. Is God still as serious today as he was 
in the day that Achan was stoned? Now I say again, I don't know, I know I think I did during Joshua's ordination, asked how many were members, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I'll not do that tonight. But I say again, Josh the pastor, others and deacons and teachers and, and choir and on and on and on. And you, you play a role in the congregation. You do something. But then you may just come and, as, a, as a member and just sit quietly and be a part of. I, I wish I had time to read all there is that Paul's writings about being one, being one, but there's many. Just like the body has many different parts, you know. But you're a part. And it's just as serious to you as it is, in a sense, it's Josh the pastor. You play a battle role. Keep in mind, one man, his sin, and what it brought to just that number of people. And that's why I said in the beginning, it's a serious thing to handle this right here. Been on the journey many years. And I look back through the many years. And I, I see where I failed. Come very short. But thank God that he was there to remind me, bring conviction in my soul. And to help me along the way. And I thank him for that. Turn with me now. Okay, we're under law. Now we're going to flip over to grace, okay? Thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. And I just have to say it. I remember when I got saved, the first day God brought conviction. Went to revival that night. Didn't go forward. Shaking, trembling. Left, went back home. Went back the next night and got saved. But from that first night till the next night, God had mercy on me. He spared me. He allowed me. And I try to thank him every day for that. Now, go with me to the book of Acts, chapter number 5. Acts, chapter 5. Then we're going to back up for just a moment in chapter 4 and read a couple of verses before we get to chapter 5. In chapter 4 and verse number 36, And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted, the son of Consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, 
and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Then in chapter 5, here's that word again, but. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being private to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? Question. And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Now let me stop right there before I forget it. You can go back to the book of Ecclesiastes, I believe it is, and it said it's better not to even make a vow than it is to make one and break it. It's better not to even make it. Now think about that here, because Peter asked him two questions, all right? He said, while, while it remained, was it not thine own? After it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Okay. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down, gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. The young men arose, wound him up, carried him out, and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in, and Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. The seriousness of a serious God. I mean, Peter, Peter asked the question. <laughs> well, it was yours. Is in your possession, was it not? Sure. Well, when you sold it, you sold it for so much, right? You still had that in your possession. But see, they wanted to be recognized, but they only did part of it. They lied. First, he said you've lied to God, then you've lied to the Holy Ghost. I hope and pray this evening that there's not any of us. I, the Lord, yesterday, I believe it was, or last night when I was studying some more in regards to this, took me back to Psalms 139, I believe it is. For the psalmist says, Search me, O God. Search me, O God, and see if there be what? Any wicked way in me. Search me. Why? Because I say again, 
as I grow older and the opportunity every now and then to preach, I realize again the more seriousness of the things of God in the time we're living in. You say, well, you read in John's preacher about worshiping children. That's what I say. Is the church today slowly coming to a point that God is just like another human being? We just so nonchalantly go about it. When we should what? Search our heart every time. Now see, we can worship God anywhere. Why? Because He abides within us. But Paul said in Hebrews 10.25, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And that coming together does what? You draw strength from one another. But at the same time, the seriousness of it. When we come in to the building, the place of worship, it's not that we worship the building or the beauty of it, the comfort of it. Thank God for heat. Thank Him in the summer for the cool. But can we get so set, so to speak, that God in our everyday life, He's just another somebody. Here was a man and his wife wanting recognition. But how did they get it? By lying. It's better when the tithe time comes or the offering time comes. It's better to keep it to ourselves than to give God just a little bit of it. Rather than making somebody think I'm a giving a tenth. This is mine. You can do what you want to do with it. I'm not here to brag about it. Thank God for it. Many, many years ago, I don't know how many it was, wife and I, years ago when well, a dollar was a dollar. We agreed. We're going to take a tenth from the gross. You say, wait a minute, preacher. Uncle Sam, he's going to take out the taxes and all this and all this. But I don't, I don't have this much left. I'm saying, I'm saying this is what we did. Now, you do what you want to do. I don't, you may be doing it. That's good. But don't lie about it. Why? God's a serious God. Preach, you mean even my tithe? Sure. Let me ask you this, if you don't, from the top, all right? Does Uncle Sam, he say, well, now wait a minute. They've got groceries to buy. They've got medicine to buy. They've got this to do. And then he takes out his taxes. No siree. He gets it off the top line. I guarantee you, he'll do that. 
So we decided we'll just say 10% right off what we, what we make, what we, what we get. You notice everything, the gross. And God has provided then. But here they did what? They lied about it. Wanting recognition. What happened? We'll get to that in a few moments too, all right? They, and we're going to read some more. They did what? They committed the sin unto death. Know what that is? A child of God, saved, born again, knowing that they are in the kingdom of God, And there becomes sin in their life, and God chastises them, and they don't correct it. God gives them another opportunity. He chastises them, but they don't correct it. They keep marching on. They keep coming to church. They keep living out in, out in the world. We, hey, we're out in it, but we don't have to be of it. But being a light and example, they're not. Why? Because they're living a lie before their fellow man. And after a while, this one was instantaneous, all right? They lied to God. They lied to the Holy Ghost. Boom. I want to live out until... I don't want God to have to shorten it. Be in the way that I should be. All right? Now again, whether you're the preacher, you're the deacon, Sunday school teacher, song leader, pianist, or whatever, musician, on and on, or just a member, God is a serious God. And when we come in, to the place of worship. We're entering in together to be how? In one mind and one accord. Going back to Achan, what happened? Here they were, the great hosts of Israel, but yet one man, one man's sin brought what? Defeat to all of them. You say, well, preacher, I never say anything. I never do anything. I'm quiet, you know. But are you saved? It's still just as serious. All right? Turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm sure you're familiar with this, this, this chapter. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it's speaking about the Lord's Supper, communion. And what it refers to, in chapter 11, verse 26, he says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore? 
Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord. Now notice this next word. Unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But, there's that word again. But. But let a man examine himself. As I quoted a while ago from the psalm, Search me, O God. Search me. How often do we do that? We should do it daily. But the Holy Spirit is the one that does the searching. He's the lie detector. And he knows, again, even the intent of our heart. He knows, again, even what we're thinking. It doesn't have to come out. He just knows what we're thinking. Preacher, should we repent of impure thoughts? Sure. When it gets there, God, forgive me. Josh knows the verse that I'm talking about. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. When the wrong ones get there, God, help me to get it out. Don't let it linger. Don't let it stay there. Bring it into captivity. The obedience of Christ. How would he think? What would he do with it? Next thing you know, it's gone. Thank God for it. It works. I know it works. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh, here again that word, unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, unworthily, there again, talking about the Lord's Supper, communion, that is when known sin is in your life. At the moment, the bread is going to be passed. At the moment, the juice is going to be passed. If the Holy Spirit reminds us there's some sin, it only has to be many, just one sin, don't partake of it. Leave it alone. Oh, preacher, what, what would they think about it if I don't partake of it? They'll think something's wrong. It's better to be that way and think something's wrong than what I'm going to read here in just a moment. The seriousness, folks, of a serious God. Notice now. For this cause, in verse 30, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. No, it doesn't mean they're asleep in the congregation. That means they have died and they've been buried. And some to an early grave. Preacher, I don't believe that. Well, that's okay. I'm just saying what the Word says. And that's what the Word says. For this cause. What cause? Partaking of it unworthily. In an unworthy manner. 
He said in verse number 26 again, what? For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. In other words, when I partake of that bread and I take a piece of it and I break it, that's his body. That he suffered for my sins. And Lord, I want to thank you. But when there's sin in our life, folks, we can't thank him. It has to be confessed and covered by the blood. Whether it's small, medium, or large, sin is sin. It doesn't matter. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Now let me stop right here, all right? We're all humans. And I have to pray every day too also, God forgive me when I judge other people. God forgive me when I have respect the person of other people. But what I'm saying about that, some, some are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. I'm not saying that every sickness is because of direct sin. It's not. It's because that we have an earthly body, a fleshly one, that has inherited from our forefathers and it's not exempt from anything. I may leave here tonight feeling good, hopefully to get back home through yonder in that mess. But I may not make it. It may be because of my driving or whatever. But tomorrow, something may strike me. And I'll be on the bed of affliction. Try every day to search. And if there is sin, knowing the Holy Spirit will tell me. He'll show me. I know that for a fact. And I thank him for it. The seriousness of a serious God. Let me just, I didn't give it to you a while ago. The word serious means grave. That means sober or vital. It means solemn. It means important. It means it's critical. Then we come back to a today society of worship. Are we really serious when we walk through the doors? Now, I'm, I'm talking about this preacher too. I'm just as human as human can be. As I said a while ago, I'm an imperfect human being. I know me. But the Lord knows me better. But one thing I know, and you know you. You know your weaknesses. You know your faults. You know your failures. You know your shortcomings. We all, each one of us, we know ourselves. But see, God knows us better. I, I tremble sometimes. Just 
sometimes to see and to hear of a lot of places and how they go about worshiping. It's better sometimes to be still and know that it is to loose this thing called the tongue. Not to be seen, not to be heard. It's better to be still and recognize the seriousness of God. Because He's holiness. We're earthly sinful creatures. I mentioned earlier, we done pointed it out in Acts chapter 5. But I'll give you the scripture in regards to sin unto death. If I called his name, Josh, he might know him, and I doubt it, a preacher. Many years ago, I had him for revival when I was pastor of Leicester Baptist Church. And I don't know how many years after that. I mean, he, he, he was fairly young. I mean, he was a, I mean, he was a man that knew the Scriptures. Next thing you know, he was sick and in the hospital. And he never did recover. The man I was telling you about a while ago, Brother Earl, he told his wife one day, he said, let's go find out why that man died. Now this, I'm talking about this man. He was serious. And he went... And he told me, and he found out. Come to find it out, this man, it was his church, his church, his church. Nothing happened without him. It was his. And God took him, moved him out of the way. Could you believe that? This man I'm talking about, he come, when I was living, he was living, he told me, you're going to die. I just started making preparation. That's how serious he was. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 5. I wish I had time to read all these other scriptures, but I'll, I'll not take time. 1 John chapter 5, we'll just jump in about verse 14, 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin, now notice, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. There is a sin unto death. 
How will you know? I put it this way. I don't want to find out. And I trust this evening, as being a Christian, that maybe I've brought to our attention in regards to the seriousness of a serious God. Under law, oh, but preacher, we're under grace. But go back and read again. The couple of portions of scriptures that I read, Ananias of power, partaking of the Lord's Supper. And John, he firmly, emphatically says, there is a sin unto death. He said, I, I say that you pray not for it. And the only ways, the only ways to keep from that is our lives. Daily, walking, searching, desiring, asking God, Oh, God, help me, strengthen me, help me to overcome and not be overcome by this old flesh, this old man. Daily, daily. Why? The devil, he does not take a recess. And boy, it often boggles my mind how the devil can affect so many people at one time. Knowing that he's not all present, knowing that he's not all-powerful. But sometimes I wonder and begin to think that he possibly is. When we come in, now I'll just share this with you. You can take it. Not because I'm standing up here with a tie, had a coat on, Etc. But when we come in, now I'm going back to thinking about in a lot of places today, it's just like a social gathering. You know, just another get together. But did I come in? With my, my mind, my heart. As I come together with brothers and sisters in Christ, that unity, that one mind, that one accord. And see, you don't know me fully. My wife's not able to be here tonight due to migraines. But if she was here, She's probably watching her on the Internet. She would tell you how imperfect I am. But still to strive every day, every day. Search me, O oh God. And when I come in to the place of worship, did I just come to a casual gathering? Or did I come, as John chapter 4 and verse 24, worship God in spirit and in truth is what I come for. 
I hope through the scattered remarks this evening. Maybe something really. Maybe stick in our mind. Let us realize again that God, and and I'll say it this way. I believe we ought to take it God is more serious under grace than he was under law. And man, I wouldn't want to have lived under law. For goodness sake. When when Aaron, when he went in to the Holy of Holies, they put the garments on him. They had all these things around him, his bottom, you know, and bells and whatever, so they, they could hear him moving in there. And history says, you know, they tied a rope around his, his ankle. And if God killed him in there, they'd drag him out because they couldn't go in to get him. And then go back. I mean, just read and read of things under the law. If they did, you'd die. Achan just took that in his tent. That's all he did. And they stoned him to death. But you said, preacher, under grace, it ought to be much more serious. Yes, it ought to be. Why? Because of what it cost. I often think, my little finite mind, when I think about that day, as he was, as he was hanging on that old cross, and here his mother standing by the way. I, I, don't, I don't know how. And folks, that's why that it ought to be more serious under grace than it was under law of what it costs for us to have what we have and enjoy what we enjoy. 